First thing I wanna look at is your chart of accounts. Now, um, every accounting program will have a chart of accounts. I can show you where to find it in Zero. If you're using something else, uh, find where it is and make sure it is set up to suit your business. A lot of the time, your accountant will set up your chart of accounts to suit them, right? They will set up um, a chart of accounts that they use across all of their clients because it makes their life easier because they can go in, know where things should go, how it should be coded, which means, especially if they've got an integrated model where they use bookkeepers as well as accounting people, um, that you know, they can look at them and they're all the same. And that makes sense, right? When we talk about estimating, yeah, if you're going to grow it and have estimators working for you, everyone needs to use the same system because you need to be able to open up any job file and look at it and know where things are. You don't want to have Joe over here estimating a one way and Bob over here estimating another and Mary over here and you're going, I, I'm looking at it on a Sunday night. Hopefully you won't look at a Sunday night, but you will end up looking at it going, I, I don't know what they've done here. You don't want to have to try and work backwards and nut it out. You want to be able to look at it and know. Right? But that's your business. They're your employees. That's your team. The accountant's trying to achieve that level of efficiency. But if it doesn't work for you, who cares if his business or her business is more efficient? It's important that you are getting what you need from it. So the chart of accounts should be set up in the way that benefits you. So chart of accounts, very simply, is all of the different accounts that you have in your business. Put another way, when you run a P&L, it is all of, every one of these is an account as far as accounting software is concerned. You know, so you've got income accounts. So for us, we had carpentry labor and carpentry materials. Those were our two main ones. And we had retention and we had work cover. Now, you know, work cover one was something that we just ended up um, creating because when someone's off on work cover, you pay them and then you get the money back. You've got to account for income somehow. Um, we also ended up with uh, other income, which is on there, but you'll see in our chart of accounts, but hasn't got any in this reporting period. Uh, what was our sales and income? Yeah, other income. So we've got like government rebates. So for hiring apprentices, if we get a rebate in the period, that shows up and we go, cool, there's other income that or government rebates income. So we count for all of our different accounts. So we can look at it and go, where's the money coming from? All right. So on our chart of accounts, we've set it up as carpentry labor income, retention labor income, carpentry materials income, government rebates, other income, work cover income, and retention. All right. Those are all the accounts we've set up for sales or income. They will then, when you run a report, only the ones that have had any activity, and this is a, a month, just picked, so it's March 2014, um, everything that's had activity in that month shows up in the report. Anything that hasn't, doesn't. We've then got it set up for cost of sales. So you can set up how this runs so that it's useful for you to look at. Right? So cost of sales is broken out next, and we've talked about cost of sales, as opposed to um, looking at income. But I'm going to talk about it again for a sec. When you have total income, that's your revenue. Your COGS, cost of sales or cost of goods sold, which let's just talk about 
is um, cost of sales because that's what Zero talks about it as. All right, that is the things that have gone specifically into generating that income. So for us, that is your carpenters and apprentices, whether they're subbies or not, laborers, etc. Um, I'll just put staff. So oh no, on site, on site staff or teams. All right, your materials. Um, there may be a few other things like. Um, if you switch back here, you'll see that we've got uh, higher, higher tip fees, other materials. These are all our variable labour. So really, other than you know, maybe higher costs, rubbish removal, et cetera, that is pretty much it. That is pretty much everything that goes into generating that income. If you're not on site swinging a hammer uh, and actually getting something done, you don't count as a cost of good, cost of goods sold or, or the cost of sales. These are generally, we've talked about calling them variable costs. Right? They're considered to be variable costs because if you didn't have the work on, you wouldn't need these things. You wouldn't, uh, you, you know, if you had staff on wages, you can always stand them down um, if you have to. And, and uh, COVID has proven that to fair work beyond a doubt. If there's a legitimate reason why you don't have work on at the moment. So during lockdowns, it, the reason was because we couldn't go to site. You can stand them down without pay. If the legitimate reason is you don't have work on, you can stand those staff down without pay. You're not going to order materials if you don't have any work on materials go to sites where you've got it and you're not going to be hiring scissor lifts boom lifts whatever else you need you're not going to be taking rubbish away from sites or taking stuff to the tip so those vary up and down based on whether or not you or the amount of work i should say not whether or not you've got work on but the amount of work the more work you've got the more subbies apprentices carpenters you've got the more materials you order for those sites um, the higher, higher costs and rubbish. Those go up and down with your amount of work. So those are considered to be variable cost or cost of a direct cost of sales. All of this is a cost of sales. Those are direct cost of sales. Um, and I know that that's a whole lot of different terminology for the same thing. Unfortunately, it does work like that sometimes. So these are direct costs as opposed to an indirect cost. So indirectly, um, if you've got an office your rent for that office is an indirect cost of you doing that project but if you did three times as many projects you still have to pay for your office but the carpenters who've gone to that site to do that work are a direct cost of that project of that income so direct cost of sales versus an indirect cost of sales so we've got it set up and i wish i could draw on a computer screen so let me see if i can zoom it we've got it set up so that you can see here, our variable materials common, project specific materials, and then our variable labor. So um, admin, co-invest, which is your portable superannuation, staff incentives and bonus for on-site teams, subcontractors, the superannuation for our variable labor, so for our on-site labor. And we call it variable labor because we have two labor categories. So when we pay people, we said, well, are we paying them as admin or managers? 
are we paying them as an on-site or variable labour team? The on-site staff and work cover that we pay for the on-site staff. 